Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, it's State of State. We got your Nittany Line update. It's a football discussion with Tom and Justin. So kick back and press play. With former Penn State and NFL defensive back Justin King, I'm Tom Hannafin. This is State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online. The holiday season is upon us with the NFL in full stride, plus the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for all pro and college sports. And it's not just the big four. Bet Online is info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport from mixed martial arts to international soccer head to bet online today and remember to use our promo code belief that's b-l-e-a-v for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit state of state is presented by bet online where the game starts also state of state is a proud supporter of blue white outfitters blue white outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence competitiveness and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of penn state university check out the latest lockdown you and lawn boys merchandise today all sales from blue white outfitters directly benefit penn state student athletes visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today And if you're looking for the perfect beer for Penn State football season, we've got you covered with the State IPA. Special thanks to our friends at Funk Brewing for creating the best tailgate and game day beer for Nittany Lion fans. A limited supply of the State IPA is still available now at beer distributors, grocery stores, Funk's tap rooms, plus select bars and restaurants. Visit www.funkbrewing.com slash beers slash state dash IPA to learn where and how you can get state IPA before it runs out for the season. Check out the link in the description of this podcast for more information. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Ladies and gentlemen, the Penn State Nittany Lions are going to a New Year's Six Bowl this year. On December 30th, they will be in Atlanta to take part in the Peach Bowl against 10-2 Ole Miss. This has been a very, very interesting, controversial, and complicated day for college football and the college football playoff committee. We're going to touch a little bit on the teams that made the Final Four, but our focus is on Penn State. Justin, uh, you have a busy day covering the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's halftime right now, so we're shoehorning this in here. But what was your immediate reaction to this news? I was excited about it. I mean, I think playing against a team like Ole Miss is like an SEC equivalent, I guess, at this point at Penn State. Their only two losses coming to Alabama and Georgia and our only two losses to Michigan and Ohio State. And just, you know, I mean, a dynamic, I mean, a little bit of a storyline, right? Lane Kiffin always has a good good story to go along with them. But I, I think it's a it's a great matchup. They play a high, um, high octane, having high octane offense and just – a lot of athletes, so I think it'll be an exciting game. Uh, first time, another New Year Six, another New Year Six bowl, and I mean it's exciting, big time bowl game, nice city to go to. So I think it's exciting for the Penn State community. There were some, you know, projections and speculation of which opponent, which bowl game Penn State would draw. Most 
experts nationally and locally were thinking Penn State would fall into a New Year's Six game. And you saw Ohio State, Mizzou in that mix as well, Oregon in that mix as well. So this placement makes sense. However, there was the suspicion that maybe Liberty from the group of five was going to sneak in there. And my question off of that would have been, man, there'd be some motivation questions. Just and nothing against Liberty, but just it's a smaller opponent. What does a Big Ten team feel like about that this is a very different story this is an sec team uh granted struggled against mississippi state uh, in the egg bowl but you know that's uh, those are rivalry games that you understand that jackson dart i don't know if he's completely lived up to his full potential and that should be scary for anybody that plays this old miss team uh, knowing what penn state has ahead of them now for the next oh 27 days how would you prepare for what old miss does uh, considering what Penn State has in front of them. Ah, man. I mean, they're they're a team that is very effective of getting their guys in space, especially on offense, right? I mean, Lane's a pretty creative offensive guy. They stress their field vertically. So, I mean, to get ready for it, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting in the bowl season when you just talk about the availability of talent. So to get ready for it is making sure that your depth is ready to play at a high level because I think what we're going to see in these two games, not necessarily the top of the top of the team, because I'm sure that some guys are going to sit out because of the NFL, and I'm sure they're going to have some guys that sit out. But just the depth of the program and the type of talent that you can just kind of that fill in. So it's going to really be talent stepping up and having an opportunity to play against, I mean, some elite SEC talent. But to get ready for it, making sure guys can still run because they're going to be stretching the field on offense and defense. So that's what I think uh, you have to get ready for in this bowl prep season. I figured you would like this because Lockdown U is going to play a big part in this and going to play a big part in that. I think they will be tested, but I don't necessarily think they're overmatched in this. If anything, I really like how Penn State can come into this matchup with a dominant defense. And then if you're all Miss preparing for Penn State's offense, do you know what you're getting in Atlanta on December 30th? Probably not. I mean, the only thing you can go probably based on is the last two games. And I don't even know if you can do that because you have a new offensive coordinator. So that's an interesting take. But um, no, you just have to play what you see. I mean, they can't bear off too much because of what the players know to this to this point. So I think we'll probably see more of the last game, hopefully what we saw against Michigan State moving forward because just using both quarterbacks moving forward. And so Andy can get a real – true evaluation of the current talent that he does have because we have to still look at the transfer portal opening um tomorrow and signing day coming up in a week or so so really just understanding where the pieces that come onto the team where they're going to fit moving forward now in the past when james franklin has hired new uh, offensive or defensive coordinators what he's attempted to do he did this with manny diaz a few years ago where uh, manny diaz attended the bowl game was on the sidelines but he didn't coach the bowl game so we're not entirely sure what kotal nicky is going to do he only just got on campus i believe yesterday or the day before with his family got to see beaver stadium so will he be there on the sidelines i think that's a fair speculation to say yeah that would make a lot of sense does he coach in the game i sincerely doubt that it usually is something justin and you're more privy to this than i is that hey you get rolling in the 2024 season and we talked about it in terms of how would Juwan Sider and ty howell the co-offensive coordinators for now respond to a new guy being brought in to a degree it would be a reward for those guys to be like you guys are calling the the bowl game let's finish this season 
yeah, I think that's how they're going to proceed to move forward and have a chance for Andy to get there and just see how they operate, how they communicate with their players, how the players stay coaching, how the players get prepared so you can just understand what type of athletes that you're dealing with. Because I mean, when, when I speak of the offensive coordinator and, and talent, it's not necessarily just acquiring the talent. It's being able to institute your office to get them to believe and operate at a level that they need to operate to execute your offense, right? Whether it's being more detailed in your playbook, like making sure that they study their whatever they need to do, whether it's a lot of motions and different things of that nature. Like you have to be sharp. Just for example, like the Miami Dolphins, like they are good, not just because Mike Daniels is a great offensive mind, it's that he can connect with the players in a way where they believe in what he's doing and then they're just executing his game plan. So I think that's what you want to try to take in and try to gain some data when you're on the sidelines from from the new offensive coordinator and from um J1 and, and Ty, like, I, I still, I mean, the coaching carousel is still open just from the business standpoint. So you're still putting your, you know, building up your resume as an offensive coordinator of like, okay, in these two, three games that I played, this was my offensive production. So everyone still should be motivated in this game against some high level competition. Uh, some questions here in the chat. Eli jumping in saying, uh, what are Ole Miss's weaknesses? I know we have some Ole Miss fans watching here. I won't pretend that in the last five minutes since this news broke to when we hopped on here, I got to watch all <laughs> sorts of Ole Miss tapes. So we're kind of in the early stages of this. And we're going to talk about this more on our Wednesday episode of State of State. So thank you for tuning in, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe, turn on notifications, rate us as well. Uh, Justin, I don't know how much of Ole Miss you've gotten to see. Um, I Like I mentioned, I did get to watch the Egg Bowl. And I think, again, it's really difficult to judge a team based on a rivalry game because emotions are running so high. That was certainly a complicated, discombobulated day for the Ole Miss offense. But to their credit, the defense really stepped up. And I think a lot of people have knocked SEC defenses over the last handful of years. Ole Miss has the potential to be bend but don't break, I think, would be a fair assessment. I don't know how much of Ole Miss you're familiar with. Not familiar with them too much besides the fact that they have dynamic athletes all over the all over the field, right? Like it's just in terms of how they acquire talent, where they go to the JUCO or just their prime transfer portal type of location. I mean, they have great athletes running around on the, on the football field. So when I say that, I mean, I know they play a high-intensity type game and I know they have a, a solid defense, but I cannot say – I know where they're weak or where they're strong at. You know what I mean? But I just know they won 10 well, games at SEC. Fortunate for us, uh, Hayden is here in the chat, and he's an Ole Miss fan, hottie toddy. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> we appreciate it. And Hayden's kind of doing some homework for us here as we're kind of on the fly here. said, quote, our defense and a lot of O-line injuries uh, being some issues for Ole Miss. So just, you know, again, we will take the next month to really sift through this. But Justin, hearing O-line issues, Penn State's front four defensive ends. I don't know if I like that part of the matchup for Ole Miss. No, that would be that would be terrible. I mean, just hope, let's hope Chop still plays, right? Because he's going to be a, a, a top end draft pick. So that's going to be the next wave of availability that we'll see from the team, just who's going to actually opt to play in the game moving forward. But, um, yeah, I think that's one of our strong suits on defense in general. It's just going to be interesting how they play us in space versus our um, opportunistic defense and just moving forward, it's like, again, it's going to be interesting what the availability is, right? Because it's going to be determined if guys are in a, trying to go to the NFL or not. But um, it should be interesting. I'm excited about the matchup, though. Yeah. 
Hayden, uh, again, doing our homework for us, which we appreciate. Uh, Ole Miss has got to get healthy, which is the nice part about this break. Obviously, the student athletes have their tests to get ready for to end the semester. But at the same time, it's getting healthy. It's getting into a groove again. It's kind of, you know, the, the landing on the runway after the, the season has ended and then kind of ramping back up again. Who's going to the NFL draft? who could be hopping in the transfer portal, who's coming back for 2024. So there's a lot of decisions to be made. Uh, Hayden also uh, chiming in saying the Ole Miss defense uh, doesn't have any real NFL talent, unfortunately, just good players. So uh, again, that's one person's opinion. We will take the next month to really do our homework on this so we can present you guys with uh, the, the full picture and not be terribly biased because I think that's normal. But you you hit on something I think that's really important, Justin, is that these are very similar existences for these two programs at this point in time. Ole Miss, you could argue the third best team, fourth best team. Mizzou had an excellent season uh, within the SEC. And then meanwhile, Penn State, the third, fourth best team, I would say fourth because of Iowa making the Big Ten title game. So credit to them, uh, 10 and two record going into that game. So it's a challenge. It's a really good challenge. And I think there's people already in the chat here saying, you know, glad we're not stuck playing a group of five team. This will be a challenge. This will be a battle. There are going to be some matchups within this that are really, really difficult for Penn State. And if you win this, you are going to launch yourself into 2024 with momentum, which it feels like this program could use. Absolutely. Winning the last game in college football is extremely important. I mean, again, those last push when they talk about recruiting, that real motivation going into the offseason, you want to have that good juice going into 6 a.m. workouts when you're going to work out. You don't want to go from a standpoint of you missing the opportunity. So I think there's a lot of opportunity at the end of the year to catapult yourself into set, setting up the program for success in the next year because I think we're going to be in the running next year. And the expectation being a little different because now with the 12-team playoff coming into the, coming into play, Hey, I want to say there's no excuses this year, but like next year, there's really like there's an expectation of being in the playoffs. We right? talked about like, that. Yeah. Can't slip and slide through that situation. So everything has to be tight moving forward because as long as as well as we're reloading with talent moving forward and having some young guys that are good, having some good recruiting class coming in. We got USC, we got UW, got guys coming into um the 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 fold. I mean, essentially three or four, three more playoff teams. So mm -hmm. like you're talking like top tier program. So with that being said, you have to win these last games and having that good judge going into the offseason. Completely agree. Uh, thank you to Thomas Frank Carr, Blue White Illustrated, jumping in the chat here. We will be talking about SEC speed <laughs> over the next month. And, and listen, credit to Quinshawn Judkins. They're running back well over a thousand yards rushing, 4.4 yards per carry. 15 touchdowns on the ground and also gets involved in the passing game occasionally for Ole Miss. So this is not all just about Jackson Dart, who had a lot of fanfare transferring from USC to Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin. A lot of expectations. They're not sure if those were completely lived up to. I think 20 to 5 touchdown to interception ratio this year. So it, I, I'm very curious to see how this plays out. Um, we only have a brief amount of time with you, Justin, because you're, you're a very busy man today. Uh, overall, what you've seen today play out in regards to the four teams that made the college football playoff and the two teams, notably Florida State and Georgia, that got left on the outside looking in. What did you think? Well, I think, first of all, I want to say I think the committee made the right the right decision putting Alabama in at four. It really sucks, and I understand the Florida State fan base being pissed off, C Coach Mike Norvell being pissed off. I don't know what he's – because, like – 
I mean, discussed it, right? You tell your team to win the games. You play, you beat two SEC teams, so you don't want to hear anything about planning a weak conference and all those different things. But when you talk about where college football is going, we've always said that there's two prime conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC. So if you're talking about any type of residual effect of having these fan bases within your tournament, I mean, there's a there's some validity to putting in someone like Alabama, UW, who's going to be coming into the Big Ten next year and as we continue to expand and just really recognizing that there's going to be a power two type of conference and looking at the ACC is, hate to say it, but almost like a group of five type of type of deal where, it, and it's not me saying it's, I mean, even just from their selection, I know they can say it's because the quarterback got hurt, but I don't know if, I don't know if you can really knock a team that went undefeated that much so besides them not being viewed at the same level as the rest of those teams throughout the whole season, right? It's almost like back in the day when the Mountain West teams or like the Boise States type of situations in terms of level of play. And I think that's how we're viewing the ACC. And and perception could be reality. And Jim jumping, jumping in the chat here, ACC actually had a winning record against the SEC this year. It's safe to say that the SEC was down a bit this year, but still – I don't think you can fault what just went down in Atlanta, the same place Penn State has ended on December 30th. Alabama and Georgia, in my opinion, the two best teams in college football. So Georgia's sitting there having a loss to, obviously, the eventual SEC champion. Uh, I think Georgia fans have a right to be ticked off. Florida State fans absolutely have a right to be ticked off. I am still of the mind that we are now avoiding a higher chance of seeing a blowout in the semis by putting Florida State in. And I know that sucks. I know you went 13-0 and you won all your games and it shouldn't matter based on player availability. It should matter on resume. I I get that. I I do think the right decision was made. The right four teams made it. But again, this is why people have been clamoring for uh, an extended playoff since like two years into the college football playoff model and to see 12 teams next year is great and here's the thing next year we're going to see arguments over 13 14 15 and 16 it'll be to less of a degree because they'll be further down the pecking order but in this respect this is heartbreaking for florida state fans justifiably so and even for georgia fans i'm sure they're sitting there believing that they are one of the best teams in the country michigan washington they got themselves into the right position at the right time and i think that's another aspect of this but we could literally do a freaking hour on everything that just went down today um justin before we go final thoughts penn state old miss at the peach bowl in atlanta should be an exciting game i mean i think it's going to be a, a high scoring game i think we're going to be a little aggressive on offense because it's going to be forced to be a little bit and uh are we going to call scores or are we just thinking what we're what are we thinking i think it's way too early to do way too early to call scores. this literally no. just broke 10 minutes ago 100 <laughs> percent. no i really i mean i'm really excited about the matchup i'm excited about the the peach bowl another new york new york six chance to go 11 and 2 um with a new york six victory i mean it's a it's a notch in the one column for me mm-hmm. if Big if this will be a challenge for Penn State. Very excited about this. Again, we're going to have more on this matchup on our Wednesday episode of State of State right here on our YouTube channel, of course, on all our audio-only platforms. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Once again, the breaking news on December 30th in Atlanta, Penn State will face Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl. 
Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at TheKing1 and at Tom Hannafin. State of State is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.